Keys to the Commonwealth, a podcast where we share the real stories of local community members who are using real estate to build personal wealth, along with tips and tricks from professionals across the industry. And now, your host, Landry Fields. Welcome back, everyone, to another Keys to the Commonwealth podcast. Today's episode, as always, is brought to you by Nova Insurance, where we love people through insurance, whether it is your business, real estate portfolio, home auto, or life. We work as independent risk advisors to find the best coverage options for your unique needs. My guest today is a certified residential appraiser and is co-owner of the Martin Appraisal Group. She's been an appraiser for five years and performs most of her work in the central and eastern part of the state. Born and raised and residing in Winchester, Kentucky, she received her degree from Georgetown College and the Martin School of Public Policy at UK. She's married to her husband, Michael, who is the other co-owner of the business, and together they have a beautiful baby girl named Mary Catherine, along with her two dachshunds, Darby and Murphy. It's my honor to welcome Alicia Martin today to the Keys of the Commonwealth studio. Alicia, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, so uh, definitely a topic we have not gone down or discussed before, but is always a part of every real estate investor's uh, aspect where we're talking about trying to figure out uh, what a property would appraise for, what the value is, obviously plays a big part of that. So before we get into kind of some of those nuts and bolts, kind of as we start every episode, uh, jump back in the door and tell me, you know, how'd you get into the appraisal business? I'm sure you didn't start out that way. How'd you get into the appraisal business? Yeah, I was in actually politics before I decided to jump over into the real estate appraising. I was in, I entered politics at an Really interesting time, as you can imagine. Things uh, became uh, they, just a hot, yeah. you know, just kind of a... Um, I feel like social media has just dumped a... With the way we can get news, et cetera, that social media has just dumped kerosene on what politics already was. Yeah, with. it wasn't a friendly time. I yeah. was a field representative for yeah. a congressman, so going out into yeah. the field by myself, uh, and um, it... I didn't really love it, and I, it took me a little bit to figure that out, sure. but I was looking then for career change. What can I do? Really, I was just looking for the lifestyle I wanted, yeah. which was to be you know, a mom someday, what I could do to be able to have the most time with Mary Catherine, yeah. and my grandmother okay. was an appraiser, is an appraiser. She still does a little bit of work, okay. um, and then I have people who are realtors in my family, so I kind of yeah. saw the difference in their um, lifestyles you know, the realtors in my family Mm -hmm. were showing houses after work and on weekends. And then, you know, my grandmother could really tailor her schedule to, um, fit what she wanted to do and where she wanted to be. So I kind of chose that path. Um, The obvious path going from politics to to real estate appraising. appraising. Yeah. Yeah. We were joking. I entered and people were not the most friendly in politics. And then I changed to appraising. Now yeah. I go to people's houses and they love me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're nice at first. And if I, uh, I thought about appraising for like a hot minute back in the day and then quickly realized there's a lot of challenges to getting into it with the aspect of um, having to have so many other hours. Or what do they call those? The Apprentice, apprenticeship hours, type hours, right. right, and type of things. So I guess that having a family in it is what kind of helped, and that's what I saw. Is like I didn't yeah. have any family in it that was close by that I could really do any, do that with. Yeah, right. It was interesting because you know I, I thought my grandmother would be my trainer. Oh, and, she wasn't. Oh no, she she said you know I want to ma- maintain our cordial family relationship. She said you know <laughs> I don't want to mix you know the personal and professional. Sure. So she 
really? She told me I needed to find a new trainer. So I, I found a gentleman in Winchester and uh, begged him okay. pretty much, uh, just, you know, for the time, for his time. Your grandmother's probably behind her back calling him and be like, you better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it probably was best for us both yeah. that we, that we didn't do the training together, but I was so thankful that he took me on at that point. You had to have two years yeah, under I, I a trainer and now it's changed just to one year. Oh, so really? that's helpful, oh, yeah. but it is a barrier to entry in that field because you're right. If you don't know, if you don't have a family member, if you don't know yeah. who to contact, and a lot of times appraisers aren't taking on training. They don't want to right. share business, maybe. Or I mean, whatnot. it is your. A lot of them that I would talk to say, "I'm training my competition. I can't yeah. do that." So, I mean, I, I understand that, um, <laughs> but I was really thankful for the opportunity, and I'm going to remember that, you know, as I go forward and um, yeah, have the opportunity. I think you have to be. Um, you have to be a certified residential appraiser for three years. So I'm right at the mark where I could, you know, Start, think about yeah. implementing some kind of training program. Yeah. Probably a few years before uh, Mary Catherine can do right, that. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if she wanted to, no. <laughs> uh, what was like one more difficult part that I think that you probably didn't see or think about going into start? I mean, one, starting your own business. That's sometimes like I started my own business and you're like, I, I was like, ah, oh, it's just gonna be me. But I was like, holy crap, there's so much involved that I'm oh, so glad I didn't. I kind of jumped in with sometimes blind faith on running my own business <laughs> type of thing that maybe I would have gotten cold feet if I had known everything I know now. But I'm, what are yeah. some of those aspects? I'm, yeah, there's so much. I just didn't know what I didn't know. And <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> I knew, you know, appraising is nice. There's not a ton of overhead. So I knew that I would probably do my own thing, wouldn't stay under my trainer. Yeah. Um, and he was, he gave me the, his blessing to do that and was very helpful in, you know, finding, navigating and starting my own. But it was funny because they, he and my grandmother and some people told me, you know, you need to plan because you, you won't get your first ro- spots on an appraisal roster for three to six months. So you need, yeah. you really need to think about that and plan for that financially. But you know, for, for me, I really laid some groundwork before I started the business, Um, going to the chamber of commerce meetings, um, in Winchester, Lexington, doing the leadership programs in Mm -hmm. Lexington. I did the central Kentucky. Was that worth Um, it? I thought about it. I loved it. And it really helped me know now that I go into those counties and do appraisals, I know so much more about the area. So you did that pre, like while you were doing it. I did. While I was a trainee, I did that. And what was so nice is I got my license on a Wednesday. I did all the business set up before. I got my license on a Wednesday, had my first order on a Monday. (laughs) So they had told me three to six months. And honestly, we hit the ground running, which was such a blessing. But you're right. It was like, we honestly didn't even have were you and your husband doing it at the same time? So actually he was at University of Kentucky. He was working with the football team and ticket sales. Okay. And um, like you said, I just got so busy. I was a one-man band doing everything, right. and I told him, you know, it's probably beneficial for you to just come work with me. Yeah. And he um, did his training not under me. He actually did it under my grandmother. Um, <laughs> the, oh, she wouldn't go. train me, but she right. did him, I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. He said she was pretty hard. So, um, but anyways, so he ended up coming and working with me, worked with her. And then eventually I brought him on board Martin appraisal group. So he works with me now, but I I couldn't do it without him. 
Yeah. We, you know, our, of course we started in November, 2019 <laughs> and then 2020 hit and you know, yep. we had just started the business. I'm praying, please don't close the business. Yeah. It was the opposite. It was the opposite, yeah. Yeah. Which was just so I opened so my nice. doors, uh, to my own agency in April, 2019. And yeah. so, yeah, <laughs> those that started right before it, uh, yeah, maybe it was like a gold moment there, but it ended up being pretty good at, at the end for the, both of the types of yeah. business we're in, for sure. Thankfully. Um, all right, so moving on to the actual aspect of real estate appraising then. I mean, nuts and bolts, obviously, as real estate investors, a lot of times that can be a, a, a big pain point or it could be a, a you know a big uh, asset aspect of everything. So mm-hmm. when investors are looking at flip potential or cash out refis, you know, what are the factors that they should be looking for as far as the equity increase? You know, it, the standard ones we probably know versus maybe some of the ones that we miss or don't think about type of thing from your experience. Yeah, and uh, I think it's most important for real estate investors to really know the market, know know where you're going into, look at recent sales to make sure that you're updating to the level of your of the comps. Right. That's what I see most, I think. Be realistic. Absolutely. Going in and, you know, um, putting all new cabinets in when your comps are just painted cabinets. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I see that a lot. Um, so almost over overdoing doing it, it right? Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. So overdoing it doesn't always mean an increase, is right? What you're saying, right? Right? And really having really look at the sales around you to know what what updates yeah. what, to what level um, they've been updated sure. or flipped. I think I see that most, and I think um, kitchen and bathrooms are always uh, key. You know, there's a, yeah. there's a whole section on the appraisal that asks you whether you've updated the kitchen and bathrooms and to what level. That, yeah. Yeah. So it's a, the aspect of it being a rental, does that actually play any merit in that at all versus if it's going to be sold as a, if it, you know, there's one aspect of something's being updated uh, for a flip, the what you might put into it might be slightly different than if you're putting money into it for a hold and actually uses a long-term rental side of things, right? Some of the material you might, might use might be a little bit different. Maybe we're doing backsplash and not doing backsplash on a rental on type a rental. of thing. Right, right. Different things like that. I mean, so is that play obviously somewhat of a difference there based upon the, that, the fact that it's going to be rental versus a flip or does it more or less the materials play a bigger factor there? Um, I think I know what you're asking, but it really, I mean, a lot of times... I don't know what I don't know, so... Oh, well, well, I want to make <laughs> sure sense. I answer what you, what you, you need. But a lot me. of times, I mean, you're you're flipping in a market where other ones are being flipped to rent, yeah, right? True. So, like, exactly. a lot of those materials are going to be the same. So, almost, like, look, again, look at ones that are probably are rentals and self if you can, rather than ones that were, you know, right. sold if you're going to be holding versus... Right. If you're going to be flipping it, maybe look at the markets where those that have been sold to homeowners right. and everything. Right. Okay. And and you're right. There is a difference in lo- in the level of finish on those for sure and and understandably. But when I'm looking at comps, I, I look for the ones. That's why we yeah. look for comps in clo- such close proximity Yeah. because a lot of times that market's going to be similar. Oh, yeah. Right. What about, like just the, what about just like the, the, uh, the eye test, so to speak? that kind of play into it at all? Uh, you know, like if I've got a, for example, if I'm going to hold yeah. the property as a rental mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't really care. And renter probably doesn't really care about how nice landscaping is. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Is that it, but is it worth still probably doing some of that in that sense to kind of, uh, help yourself out there, I guess. 
sense. <laughs> landscaping is tough, you know, and, and again, a lot of those markets, landscaping isn't uh, something that your comps are really going to yeah, okay. focus on. So it's that really might just about drive the price of oversell uh, overpriced. So my coming right, in right. I mean, yeah. again, and I know it's annoying to keep coming back, but oh, look at what's sold around you because yeah. if they've got a nice landscape package, maybe that's something that you do. If they yeah. don't, that's not something I would worry about because we are looking for the sales around you. You don't want to be a, uh, Again, you don't always want to be the nicest street don't want to on be, the... Yeah, that, that's not... Yeah. That's a disadvantage. You'd rather be the worst one and bring it up to right. even par with the other ones. Right, right. Okay. I get it. Um, one of the questions I always found interesting, and maybe you could explain it, is you know, a lot of times like when we've purchased a house and we're updating it mm-hmm. to get then refi it, uh, kind of always asking what we paid for the property type of thing. And I never quite understood why that was asked versus just when... You're, I know I would get you know, what do we add to the value of the, like mm-hmm. what we've done, what updates we've done, et cetera. But what is the purchase price kind of, is that just for it's, records purposes? Right. It's more of a reporting. The underwriter wants to know what you purchased it for. And then it's my job, your job to kind of let them know what updates you've, that yeah. you've done yeah. to justify the new value. So gotcha. it's really just more of a reporting thing. They want to know, they want to know the sales history in the past three years. So it's a reporting thing. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, what time, as far as your, when we're kind of getting, looking at these markets, I mean, what do you see the biggest issue for real estate investors like us to miss? I mean, obviously, you know, where's, where are some of those finer details outside of just maybe, Yeah. you know, I was thinking about this. I think what I see is investors overestimating the value of below grade finish. Okay. Does that make well, sense? Yeah, expand on that a little bit. So for appraisers on our reports, we're breaking down above and below grade GLA, okay. um, mainly because the market just accepts GLAs basement and uh, gross living know. area. Okay. Gross living area. So there's for appraisers, we break that down. There's above grade living area, okay. and then there's below grade. Kind of uh, like the commercial area. side, we have like a, a, B, C, and D kind of uh, buildings, residents, et cetera. And mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And so for us, we look at the market as a whole, but typically, especially in the markets I work in, basements are just considered and accepted in the markets differently than above grade square footage. Oftentimes, you know, you, their finishes are, can yeah. be different. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's not the case, but I'm just speaking generally here. Almost like a pool doesn't really add a type of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't get my dad started on that. He, he's a realtor and he put, he put a pool in his own home. He just always talks about how appraisers just don't see the value of the pool. Um, well, I mean, every COVID and everybody's staying at home, it, it gave a bunch of value right then. Right. Uh, right. And you know, I'm kind of sidetrack conversation, but yeah. I saw um, in during COVID the outdoor living space become more valuable. Yeah. Um, the pools, the screened-in patios, the covered patios. The I mean, I just yeah. thought that was interesting, and I kind of saw it in real time changing like right. before for my eyes. So, anyways, um, but it, back to the basements. Um, I, I see a lot of times, and I hear a lot of times, we've got thirty-two hundred finished square feet. But they don't break that down into what's on the main level, what's on, what's below grade, what's okay. in the basement. Okay. So I think sometimes you can over you overestimate the value of your finished square feet because you because investors don't break that down it's like a, an appraiser would. Okay, yeah, some similarities there for because most people don't know with the insurance, we don't take the va- the square footage we have listed, 
right. um, is that we re- we subtract the basement out of that. Okay. You know, so yeah. it's not factored in. There's factored in as far as foundation for the basement, mm-hmm. and we factor in a little bit of the overall as far as the uh, if it's finished versus not finished kind of right. thing as far as some of the replacement costs, but uh, it's not factored in on the price per square foot type of thing or what's the rate per square foot kind of a thing. Right, in right. That sense. That's interesting. I mean, as far as what we're looking at, obviously looking at sales around us, is there a type time frames that you are stick, typically stay in or definitely right. recommend in that sense? Obviously we are sitting on the precipice of much of a correction in the market kind of a mm-hmm. thing. So right. we could talk to that point a little bit if we wanted to as well. But I mean, what are some of those rules that we should be kind of, li- that yeah. you are looking at that we probably need to take uh, mm-hmm. a, a look at as well, right. with how we're factoring it. Yeah, so a lot of our clients and lenders allow us to have comparable sales uh, back 12 months, so back a year. However, I always start out looking in the last three months because that's that's really indicative of what's going on right now. And it could be misleading to go back 12 months. Think about right now, using comps from 12 months ago, it's not the same market. So I always start with the three-month in my, in my search when I'm looking for comps. And I think there was a question at one of the um, forums where we met yeah. and uh, a realtor asked, you know, what, are, how can we talk with clients and when we're listing our house? And I thought it was interesting. Uh, it, it's, it does not serve them well to go back 12 months that, you know, because you're going to be sitting, I mean, you know, you're going to yeah. be, you're, it's going to be sitting there longer. Yeah. You've really got to look at the last three months and see what's gone on around you. Right. And so you know, we right now where we can use 12 months and six months, we have a decent comp pool, but I, I see that as an issue in the future right now where we're having fewer sales. Our comp pool um, in the future is, um, it's going to be slim yeah. and that's going to make a difference. Yeah, that would. Cause, and then I know one of the questions I asked at this was the, was the question more or less on area around it. Obviously, Lexington is much more dense population, so recent sales are going to be much more applicable right. in that immediate area versus Winchester, right. Jessamine County, somewhere that is uh, a bit more rural. There's, more, there's less to look at as far as recent sales and so forth. You know, kind of talk about some of those differences, maybe if it's a rental property in Lexington versus rental property that we're trying to think about praising or what it could praise for, like in Winchester or something. Yeah, so we try to, especially here in Lexington, it's easier to stay within, they, they, a lot of our lenders like 12 months, one mile as a criteria when we're looking for comps in Lexington, that's really easy to do. Really. We go, (laughs) uh, you know, a lot closer than one mile, but when I get into Winchester, I do a lot of Mount Sterling, you know, it, that, that's not, we can't find anything within a mile and the market is not just the mile, you know, there it's a rural location. It's a larger market area. So anyways, we have to go five. I mean, in my rural areas, I go to Estill County, I'm in Rowan County. Right, right. I mean, you're looking sometimes at the whole town and I mean, you're just trying to make it make sense. That's where you're probably expanding to more 12 month scenarios. Absolutely, right. You're forced to just to find comps that make sense and really help you determine that value. Yeah. Um, And of course, you know, I know we have a sales comparison grid, so there's adjustments. You can make adjustments for the time uh, differences in the market. You can adjust for the location. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where those will factor in if you do have to go outside those parameters. One of the things we were talking about was more or less, maybe as investors, do you see where we missed some of the things that are not factoring in some of the rules we were talking about at that uh, Q&A with 
uh, Fannie Mae, the mortgage, the, you know, the mortgage loans themselves have some rules that you all have to kind of abide by. Is there ones that are kind of often missed for people that have updated or flipped proper properties that have kind of caused a headache on sales transactions going right. through that they've kind of had to go back, fix some things, change some things or something yeah. like that? Or what are some commonly missed rules that yeah. we never think about in that sense? Obviously, yeah. I don't know, handrail sometimes on. Yeah. You know, so USDA help. and FHA loans, they require a, a more um, in-depth, I guess you could say, inspection on the on our part. Sure. I say inspection, that gets confusing. Site visit, mm-hmm. like our site visit looks a little different for an FHA and USDA versus a conventional. And I think a lot of times, you know, it's just, it's about health and safety. They really focus on health and safety. So if I see a missing handrail, I have to report it. It's now that the rules have changed a little bit and I'm able to, I'm able to recommend whether I feel like that's a health and safety um, hazard. And then ultimately the underwriter will determine that. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think attic space. We have to be able to see the attic space. A lot of times people will paint, paint. I can't get up in that. You have, we have to be able to do a, a head and shoulders inspection of the attic. Okay. Um, crawl space has to be clear, no water. Yeah. Um, and I think you said something about being able to see all four, all four corners. corners. Right. A lot of times that's not as big of a deal with invest investment properties. Sure. But a lot of times I go to the, <laughs> these rural areas where they use that as storage, yeah. you know, so, but we have to be able to see if there are any mechanical systems mm-hmm. down there and stuff. We really need to be able to see that so we can report on it. Cause I mean, a lot of times with most of us are that we're doing single family homes or something like that. Right. Is that still apply in the residential kind of appraisal aspect or is that usually kind of crossover more to commercial appraisers type of thing? If I have like a, I'm going through a bank for a commercial loan. Right. Do you know? I'm not sure. Okay. Sorry. I mean, do you ever work with the, do you work with the banks on sometimes for real estate that's potentially is going to be a commercial loan versus a, t- a typical? No, see, okay. no, I, I'm okay. like strictly residential. Gotcha. And when and it so gets that's into really that, gonna be they, strict mortgages yeah, itself. Yeah, okay. absolutely. That's, that makes sense then. But that's still applicable in the, as far as what we're looking at a lot of times in that sense or how we're gauging what we're going to be doing. So I would just, I just didn't know in that sense. So um, I'm, obviously everyone's always got stories of real estate and so forth. Um, so what are some of your stories as far as that you've got, as far as any, some of the craziest, weird, or notable things that you've seen come across mm-hmm. to either places you've had to go or – or whatnot. Um, I think you, in your notes you said something about uh, something road called Little Bloody Creek. Oh yes. So <laughs> that's when I knew I needed a, a, someone to go with me, an assistant, I guess you could say. Um, I, you're like looking at the property. You're like, I'm going to need two of us for this one. Right. Well, my first, you know, when I first started out, I had, a, I had an appraiser one time, an older appraiser. He told me I was um, young and hungry, and that's why I would take these. Um, take on these assignments, and he was really right. Sure, um, I mean, but there's truth to that. But you learn a lot through those. Oh, I right? learned a lot, and it's a great fee. But it should have been yeah. because it was in Wolf County, and I didn't do. I don't do much work there. The record keeping, as you can imagine, when you get uh, well, yeah. when you get in some of the rural counties, it's not um, up to date or easy to you know read or or get <laughs> in general. But anyways, I went there by myself and went to, it was a foreclosed foreclosure, went out, at no cell service. So I actually mapped my way there, but you know, I couldn't map my way back once I got oh. out there because I didn't have the service, but I, I kind of remembered, but I got out there. Little Bloody Creek was the name of the road. I should have known. I should have turned around <laughs> then, but I get to this house. It's in the middle of nowhere, no electricity, right? Um, okay. 
because it's foreclosure. Everything's been turned turned off. off. So I get there and I get in. I just knew I was in a horror movie. Like I knew it. There was nobody around me. It was kind of like a dreary day. And I had to go through this dark house. There were old creepy pictures on the walls. And I had to go to the basement. Oh, so it was, was just there like terrifying. any neighbor like houses in sight? Or is it one of these rural things where there was No. So we're no. talking about rural property, no houses in sight, no people in sight, foreclosed, no, no electricity, cell no cell service. Yeah. And you've got to start walking around this house. I'm walking around it. Oh gosh. Yeah, I, I knew for sure. I was like something's something's oh, about to gosh. happen. And then you, but that's that's when I knew. I was like, I, I, I don't go anywhere now that I don't get cell service. That's my new rule. After that, I really right. learned. But other than like some instances like that, um, there was one time in Jackson. I was in Jackson. So I guess that's Breathed County. And um, I had just seen a story that morning on the news about two brothers who had committed a crime. I actually think they had, um, I don't know, anyways. and I, But one of them was on the loose. And so I was like, maybe I shouldn't go to Breathitt County when there's somebody roaming the, <laughs> roaming the hills on the loose. Maybe I shouldn't go there by myself. But here I go. And I'm talking to the homeowner as I'm leaving. I kid you not, I heard a gunshot. Yeah. And I just I almost dropped to the ground. I'm like, oh, my gosh, here here we are. Well, this guy's found us. Anyways, it ended up just being there was a gaming lodge close. Oh, okay. And it ended up being okay. But, I mean, yeah, I've learned that I need to not go anywhere without cell service. Need to take somebody with me. Yep. Um, and you learn that along the way. But yeah, that's those are <laughs> some of the wild stories. Other than just seeing some people's interesting decor, yeah. pets, all kinds of pets. Um, oh, that's gonna be the worst one. Oh for, yeah. As far as not knowing. Not knowing, walking in, there's a big snake and like a tank. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then outside they're like, Oh, these guinea are really friendly as yeah. they're like pecking. Everyone's at me. pets is always yeah, fr- they're, oh, they're just friendly. I'm like, oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a country girl right. either. Yeah, I mean that's true. <laughs> I, I remember going when I would start traveling a lot more. I mean, Lexington's much more of a central city area you know, even some of the you start getting in Winchester some areas or Jasmine County that where yeah. the, the an accent starts coming out more <laughs> type of thing. But for the most yes. part I'm like, ah, I'm very in the city. Like, you don't have an accent. I'm like, uh not everybody in Kentucky does have an accent to tell oh, you things. Yeah. So oh, yeah. well, I always tease my wife because we'll like she's from Campbellsville and we'll go back to Campbellsville. And it's like as soon as we cross the county line for some reason, it's like she just starts talking completely different, like <laughs> type of thing as far back. as that goes. And I'm <laughs> like, who are you? Type of thing. Uh one of the things we were talk- we were noting on you you've been asked to do several retrospective appraisal reports, right? Yeah. Yeah. You talk a little bit about what that is. And there's, there's kind of some crossover between my not my direct job, but I'm not an appraiser in that sense, but uh, talk a little bit about that and what that is. Yeah, so I've ha- I've had a few um, a retrospective retrospective appraisal report assignments, and that really is for a home that's been damaged mm-hmm. by fire, had one flooding, um, and w- what happens is they give me pictures. And then I interview yep. the homeowners okay. and we kind of go over the finishes. We kind of, yeah. and I, of course have PVA records to know. And this is for adjusters in this case right. or just right. insurance? Insurance, right, uh, right. Carriers. Right. And they need to know the value of the home before the, the, the natural yeah. disaster, the fire, the sure. flood. So when we say value, what value are we talking about? We're we talking about market value, we're talking about replacement value in that Ma- sense. I'm sorry. Yeah. Market value okay. before. Interesting. Yeah. Market value before this incident. So I uh, will use pictures and interview the homeowners, use the PBA, and we yeah. kind of formulate that 
So my pictures are literally of where of land where a house used to be. Is there certain scenarios where you find that they is that, is it every time that they're doing that, or is there certain times where you, they've kind of contacted you for that? No, these are few and far between. Few and far between. You would maybe know. I'm interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of racking my brain because I'm trying to figure out necessarily why. Because in the insurance world, uh, that gets a little bit convoluted in the sense that we're not trying to insure a property for its market value. Right. We're trying to, in essence, the idea is we're insuring it for what it's going to cost to fix it and replace it back to its original state, right? Which always gets yeah. weird with mortgage lenders or banks where they're like, we need this, uh, you know, maybe it's got like 10 acres and a small house that's only worth 100000 They're buying it for like 300000 because of the land, but we're like, the, 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 land. The, the land's still there. I mean, the land's not right, going anywhere. It's right. still got its value. I was like, the the house itself only costs a hundred thousand. I can't make a hundred thousand dollar house like and insure it for three hundred thousand. Right. You know, type of thing. So it always gets a little weird and convoluted in that sense. But I'm trying to rack my brain like why market value would come into play in that sense. Unless, uh, well, no, they could actually. Let me take that back. There could be sometimes the scenarios uh, potentially. Maybe I'm thinking where that comes across where somebody doesn't want to rebuild. Where that could be, I'm going to guess that. that's exactly what happened with these. And that can be just as an FYI, depending on the carrier and option out there, whether there's a penalty um, or not a penalty based upon the language in your contract, whether you can get the full, you know, money recouped for that right. if you're not going to rebuild versus sometimes if you choose not to rebuild, there's a penalty that you're not going to get that full, you know, replacement or market type of value thing. So be careful on that. That just don't assume that you can just take the money and rebuild somewhere else as an FYI on to those out there. I guess that's a good thing to and investors to make sure that you always have pictures and keep a really good account of your updates that you've done. Yeah. Cost. Um, yeah. I think I'd always say the easiest thing is just to take a couple pictures throughout your house. So you know right. what you've got, especially your personal property. Cause that's always personal, the hardest right. part. Absolutely. Remembering what you had and it adds up so fast. People have yeah. no idea how quickly I mean, just your clothes can, like, if you look at your closet and start realizing if you had to replace your closet, uh, it's probably way more than you probably uh, right. ever anticipate that it, it is, type of thing, for example. Uh, switching on to some personal stuff, any professional or personal goals that you're kind of working on uh, currently? Yeah, so I'm excited. Uh, you know, like I said, we started this in 2019. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to do some business development type projects in the future. We're working on our website, yeah. and, and, you know, we've, we've really worked with our lender clients and word of mouth, you know, so I'm excited to explore some new ways that we can reach out to people who need appraisal services. It's not something we have to spend a ton of money on in this, in this industry is the advertising marketing, but just looking for ways that we can kind of get out, get our name out there. And to that, to that point, I mean, any uh, chance of probably dipping your own toe into the real estate investing side at some point? You know, I feel like that's in our future. I don't know. Maybe me and you need to talk more. I'm um, sure there's probably a conflict of interest of praising your own. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. yeah. And, and really, it's funny because, my, like I said, I have some family in real estate. My, my dad is a realtor in, in Winchester, so obviously okay. can't do any of his transactions where he's on the listing or oh, selling side. Interesting. So I, I tell him, you're, you're really hurting my business here. <laughs> As his business increases, I'm, I'm not able to do his yeah. in Winchester, yeah. so we kind of tease each other about that. But um, yeah, conflict of interest there. I love, I think that's our future. So when I met yeah, you and yeah. started listening to your podcast, this has been really educational for us. Well, good. I mean, that's why I started it because yeah. I didn't know anything, you know, about real estate investing nine months ago type of thing. So um, outside that, what was your first concert you attended? Oh, I th- I'm pretty sure 
I really don't remember, but I'm almost positive it had to be the Backstreet Boys <laughs> here at Rep. Like, like early 2000s? <laughs> yeah, like, it had we to be. Like a teen, yeah. Like middle school or teenager right. kind of thing? Okay. <laughs> right. Hey, I don't think it's a bad one. I think my wife said her first one was, what was it? Uh, what's Genie in a Bottle? What's that Oh, one? Christina Aguilera. Yeah. How cool. she's like, why did my parents take me to that? Now that I think of it, oh, she's like, yeah. as an adult, she's like, what, what were they thinking? But no, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we didn't well, know. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's your, one of your favorite trips that you all have taken or want to take? So we actually took a trip last year with some friends to Scottsdale, Arizona, yeah. and it was beautiful. Yeah. We loved it. Um, my husband played golf and we explored, hiked, but I, I want to keep Traveling out west. Yeah, I had never traveled that west much really? at all, actually, before we married. Speaking of Costa, did you go north at all to Sedona? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Beautiful. Sedona is amazing. I love Sedona. You could just be, like, eating at a restaurant or sipping coffee or, like, you don't even have to leave, like, your hotel type of thing or house that you're at. And it's just... Just beautiful. beautiful. And, yeah, I'm excited to get back out there. Well, one of your favorite date night restaurants? Where are you going? Um, we are going to Loma's at the Opera House in Winchester. This is a hidden gem. I know you have. Hold on. So I'm from Winchester. I lived in Winchester a little bit. So Opera yeah. House. What? So that's downtown. Is that the old theater thing? That's Down- Leeds Theater. Yeah. No, this is different. Okay. But very close. Where's the Opera House? It is on the corner um, of Lexington Avenue and Main Street. It, I would have to see it, the building. Yeah, I would know the building. Maybe I just never realized there was an Opera House um, thing there. Um, there's a family that's come in and redone it. It's okay. gorgeous. Actually, that's where our wedding reception was okay. in the opera house. And so it's then, not an opera house anymore. It's not an opera house anymore. Okay. It's an event space. Okay. The, the, uh, the upstairs and then below, they've opened a restaurant. It is wonderful. Really? Anybody going through Winchester, Lomas. visit Winchester for Lomas. It's worth it. Okay. Uh, we'll have to do that. Last question. Um, as far as Kentucky goes, somebody's moving here. People, Obviously, you, you probably realize this too, especially Winchester, I feel like. Right. It's about to explode, I bet, in some respects, and uh, with growth maybe. But, I mean, what are your favorite parts about Kentucky, if you were talking to somebody about that, growing up here, about it now, et cetera? I think the landscapes, I mean, wow. We just have some of the most beautiful setting, the horse farms that you can drive, you, you know, just the most beautiful drives. Yeah. Like, we'll take Sunday afternoon drives through Winchester, Paris, Lexington. It's just gorgeous. And sometimes living here, we don't realize that it takes people coming in to really stop and be like, look how beautiful the sunrise is over this horse farm. And you're like, oh my gosh, you know what? It is. I always always said it always took me traveling more as an adult to realize, oh oh, wow, we have something special here that I'd never, I just took for granted growing up. And then the gorge. I mean, now people are coming in to to do the rock climbing at the gorge. There's just so many things that we take for granted living here that people are coming to Kentucky specifically for. So we have a lot to be proud of, I think. Oh, I definitely agree. I think Winchester, like I said, would be something that's going to be neat to see where, how it grows and expands in the next yeah, we, decade. Of course, I've lived there, grew up there. We uh, we just have such a unique opportunity with our location, mm-hmm. yeah. being so close to Lexington, oh, and we offer you know living in a small town, but yeah. close to everything that you would need in Lexington. With the interstate access. Interstate there, right, yeah. close to the Mountain Parkway. You know, we have a really, we have a, a big opportunity, I think, and I, that's why I get involved in Winchester because yeah. I'm excited about yeah. all that we've got going on. That's awesome. Uh, I definitely still need to get over to the uh, Beer Cheese Festival. Yes. When is that each year? It's usually in June. Okay. Yeah, I it's wonderful. It's newer, but right. wow. It, it, Where is it at there? They do it downtown. Okay. It's like wonderful. Like on the Main Street type of thing? Yeah. Or like yeah. That? Okay. You get one pass and you can 
try all the beer cheese. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Vote on your great. favorite. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. They still have the Pioneer Festival at, they was still, it College Park? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they do it at College Park. They've actually been doing it downtown since COVID, which um, is nice for the businesses downtown, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they had to space yeah. out during COVID. So I know downtown's been re- 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 reinvented revitalized, and revitalized right. a lot yeah, since we, I was Yeah, there. I'm telling you about the Lomas. Yeah. We now have a really nice coffee house, The Social, which is where... Is the Karen Coffee House still open? So, no, that's where the social is now. Okay. It's called the social. Okay, gotcha, it's gotcha. It's newer, but fun if you needed to meet a client or... Yeah. My, my memories of College Park are this scar right here in my hand, actually. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> hey, we kid. have a new playground there, too. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, if anybody wanted to kind of get in uh, touch with you or kind of maybe hire you for, I don't know, independent yeah. appraisals or whatever, what's the best way to get a hold of you or in touch with you? Yeah, so... We're working on our website, www.martinappraisalgroup.com, but we have an avenue where you can request uh, to chat with us about an appraisal. And, you know, my my phone number, 859-771-2242. It's our business line, and, I, you know, you can call or text. But, you know, we do a lot beyond just for lenders. We Mm -hmm. do a lot of pre-listing appraisals. We do subject to, I know investors a lot of times will have us come do, say like, here's what we're thinking about doing. What would that do for the value? We're happy to do that. Um, And we also do some, you know, estate settling, divorce, those kind of things that you can also contact us. So true. If you want to add on to your house, I hadn't thought about that part of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, go, cool. Alicia. I appreciate your time today and coming on the show. Thanks to everybody for listening. Make sure to subscribe and check us back next week for another episode of the Keys of the Commonwealth podcast. Thanks, Alicia. Thank you. To learn more about this podcast, visit our page at keystothecommonwealth.com. To connect with Landry regarding insuring your investment portfolio, email Landry at novainsurancegroup.com or call 859 687 2004.